Why is it that in this season of all seasons are we looking at our bodies and what God says about our bodies and what the Bible says about our bodies? It might feel like, and this, I'm paranoid about this, it might feel like we've just picked a kind of random subject. But I want to root it in what's going on in our world right now. Firstly, around the whole pandemic thing. That is a, a physical uh, virus, a disease that's uh, both a tragic thing, but also a powerful reminder that we are connected to one another. That you have to physically, in, in first or second hand ways, come into contact with other people to pick it up. The fact that loads of millions and millions of people have picked it up shows that how we're connected physically across the globe and shows about that our bodies, when we are unwell, it, it, it's a slightly flippant thing, but does it matter if you feel spiritually well or mentally well or emotionally well if you don't feel physically well? Uh, there is a kind of thought that I'm going to come to that, well, if you just detach that, why aren't you just happy because you're emotionally well? It's actually almost impossible to feel well when you are physically unwell. It's not like you can just convince yourself. The other thing, the big story and the big piece in the news is thinking about Black Lives Matter and about issues about race and about white privilege and a lot of these discussions and thoughts that we're having. This way that we've segregated ourselves against other people because of a physical and a very minute uh, physical difference, actually. Uh, just the difference of a millimetre of skin where all of the colour, your pigment of your skin is held. That 99.9 plus percent of every single human being on the planet, is their DNA is identical. We are so similar to, to other people, and yet we've chosen to judge people on the way that they look and categorise people. And some people are less equal because simply the colour of their skin. So talking about physicality and bodies and what does God think about the colour of our skin? What does he think about the bodies that come in different shapes and sizes? What does he see when we categorise people as able-bodied and disabled? What does God think about that? What does he think about our ageing bodies? Bodies that we don't value so much. Bodies that sit in care homes whose minds are, are muddled and dementia has kicked in. What does God think about those bodies? Really important questions for us to, to, to ask. And I'm going to take just a little bit longer perhaps than normal today to just try and get us into this. Sam did such a good job last week. I found it so helpful. I'm just going to try and build on that. And then from then on, the weeks, we're going to think about quite practical ways that we can use our bodies to connect with God. Sometimes to learn something new or to be open to something new, we have to unlearn and we have to think about the things that have perhaps stood in the way. Why is it that you don't hear lots of sermons about our bodies? Why is it that you might find it harder to ask the, answer the question, what does God think about your body, rather than what does God think about your soul or your spirit, the eternal part of you that has, will always be and be with him? And sometimes we have to unlearn, because I think there are two untruths or myths that have shaped the way we feel about our bodies particularly as Christians or people who believe in God, I think there have been two particular things that have kind of waged warred against us. And I just want to kind of name those things and see if you have any kind of resonance. See if you kind of go, oh, yeah, maybe I've thought that too. And the two things that I want to think about today that have been unhelpful myths about our bodies is that they are unholy and they are unlovable. I wonder whether you have thought about the holiness of your body. 
because there's been so much uh, kind of teaching, philosophical, theological teaching that says that our bodies aren't holy. In fact, they're not sacred at all. They're the opposite. And there's been lots and lots of uh, thought about this, but mainly Western thought. Two and a half thousand years ago, there was a philosopher called Plato and uh, Platonic thought or Platonism uh, brought in this uh, very strong teaching where Plato put forward a thought that actually you can uh, separate the body into different parts or the functions of the body. He talked about reason being within your head, that your spirit is in this top third of your body and then the second third of your torso is where your appetite is and everything else is actually just transport for the rest of it. Your arms, your legs, everything else. So your thought is here. Your spirit, the eternal part, for some reason is here. I guess it includes your heart. And then your appetite. So 500 years before Jesus came, this pervasive Hellenistic Greek teaching had made its way across the Western world and influenced so much thought and thinking. Particularly this thought that the spirit of you is the eternal bit and the rest is just kind of transport. It moves you around and it's ageing and it will eventually go back to the dust that it came from but the spirit will go on. It's such a uh, strong thought. I'm sure some of you have seen those memes, well-meaning memes about NHS workers pulling the spirit of the body that is trying to leave the coronavirus patient, pulling it back into the body and saving their lives. That's a truly kind of platonic thought. In the East, and those Eastern religions, have a very different understanding about our bodies and our spirits. They haven't separated them so much. It's why so much Eastern uh, philosophy and teaching is about being in your body, is about uh, practices that you use your whole body for. I wonder whether you've ever kind of thought about that. You move on to Christianity and what did it have to say? And the earliest heresy that was called out in the early church 2,000 years ago was, it comes under kind of a bit of a banner, but it was called Gnosticism. And Gnosticism taught lots of things that weren't true to the heart of Christianity. But one of the main things that Gnosticism taught was that we are divine souls trapped in worthless physical bodies. That again, building on this perhaps earlier thought but trying to get its way into the teaching of the church, that the only bit that God's interested in is your soul or your spirit. And I must say, growing up in church, that I would have to argue that that was true, that it was all about my soul being saved. If anything, it was my heart being given to Jesus. Perhaps sometimes the church talked about my mind, because that's where you get saved. Because if you have the right thought and you make the right decision, to follow Jesus, then you get saved. And which bit gets saved? The soul. So the soul and the mind were important, but everything else was just... And maybe worse than that. Maybe everything else was bad. Not holy at all. Sally, in that craft activity, reminds us of those verses that are uh, echoed in the Gospels. Jesus said, uh, is talking about them, but they come from Deuteronomy originally, about how we love God with our heart and soul and strength and mind. That image that's there right in the Old Testament that Jesus echoes again about the most important law about loving God with all of those things stands different to that. I wonder if you've ever asked yourself the question, does your body feel holy to you? 
holy and sacred? Would it change the way you viewed your body if you thought of it as sacred? Or do you, like so many of us, view yourself almost like a machine, that you, the you of you is in your head and in your heart, and this body just carries it around? What if this body was sacred? What if it was holy? There's an, uh, an old uh, theologian who, he's not old, he's, he's dead actually, but <laughs> a theologian called Abraham Kuyper who said this, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign of all, does not cry, mine. I've heard that quote uh, numerous times and whenever it's quoted, people are talking about the external world and they're saying there isn't an inch of the universe, I've heard other people misquote him, there isn't an inch of the universe where Christ doesn't look at it and say, mine, that is mine. I want you to look at your body now. And I want you to think about every square inch, every square millimetre, every atom and cell of your body where God doesn't look at that or Christ doesn't look at your body and say, mine. There's a real danger, I think, that when I think about, um, even those other verses where Paul talks about Christ in me, the hope of glory. Whenever I thought about Christ being in me, I kind of imagine almost like a little uh, birdcage, maybe that's just me, (laughs) that's kind of in me. And Christ lives in me and one day he'll be released and I'll be with him. But what does it mean that Christ is in my hands? Christ is in my eyes. Christ is in my ears. Christ is in my body. Would that change the way you feel about your body? If you thought of it as holy and as sacred. One of my favourite authors, Wendell Berry, says, there are no unsacred places, only sacred and desecrated places. And I think that has so much truth in it, that our bodies can become desacralised or desecrated. They can fail to be sacred because we fail to acknowledge it, but they begin sacred. Right here now, I have a choice to see my body as sacred and holy, space that God can live in and space that God is. Or I can choose to view it and use it in unsacred ways, to desacralise it, to desecrate it. What difference would it make to you to each day view this body that you have as holy? Because one of the myths is that it's unholy. The other myth is that it's unlovable. This morning I came to the church and it began with me going to the toilet, too much information for you, but I did, um, to find that someone had put loads of uh, toilet roll down there and it had all bunged up and I had to get my hands in there and empty it. Why am I telling you that? Because you're all going, oh, that's disgusting, Dave, that's horrible. Because toilets... There's something about our bodies that we've told ourselves they're unlovable because of some of the functions of our body. Over the years, people have spoken about every kind of secretion that comes from, even that's a horrible word, isn't it? Stuff that comes out of our bodies makes us unclean. When you think about it, even whether it's blowing your nose or going to the toilet or the other things that come out of your ears or whatever it might be, you go to a private place to get rid of those things because we've been taught that there's something shameful about it. We've been taught that there's something shameful about being naked. It reminds us, echoes us straight back to the Garden of Eden, where they didn't hide from God, where their nakedness was before him, and it was the fall and the devil 
who whispers in their ear, you should be ashamed because you're naked. You should be ashamed of your body. And so many of us are ashamed of our bodies because A, they don't match up to how bodies we think they should look or other people's bodies. And B, because things like sex and going to the toilet and these things, I don't know quite how, but they've come to us as things that are dirty and shameful. And it's very hard to love something that's dirty and shameful. But I want to encourage you to consider that that's not how God sees our bodies. In fact, just like perhaps seeing your body as holy is, is profound, I think that your body is a gift given to you by God. I really think if you concentrated and contemplated on that thought for just a few moments, might it change the way you see your body? If this body was a gift from God, who am I to say that it's dirty or shameful or not good enough? Whatever the shape of it, whatever the shape I'm in, it's a gift from God. And today all I want to do is to get you thinking about what your body being holy and your body being a gift might change in you, might help you to think differently. I come back to those verses I mentioned at the beginning of the service about our whole bodies being as living sacrifices and that sacrifice being enough to God. He doesn't uh, take some of our whole body sacrifices uh, our living sacrifices and say well get in shape and then I'll accept you he accepts us as we give ourselves wholly and fully uh, there's a, a verse here if we can put this on the screen soon that the beginning of it you'll know really well because I've heard this read loads in church the end perhaps less so but this is in Luke chapter 11 it says this your eye is the lamp of your body when your eyes are healthy your whole body also is full of light but when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. I don't know why I've never read those verses or never seen them. The task of being a good disciple of Jesus it's not just get light into the soul of you that will save your eternity, but is to get light into the whole of your body, to allow Christ into the whole of you. And the reason I really love that image is because it talks then goes on, you'll be like a light, like a light, a lamp that gives light to everything else. And isn't that true? The people who are most integrated, who are most comfortable in their skin of who they are, are a joy to be around because they bring light and life. And I want to be like that. I want to be fully integrated, to accept the spirit that God has put within me, to accept my mind and my ability to think and rationalise, but also to accept my body and the strength that he's given me, for the whole of me to serve God. And so this week, I want you to think about acts of worship that you can do with your whole body. Some of you are going to struggle with that phrase so much because it's so hard to detach it from what we might do and when we sing songs and stuff here on a Sunday morning. But what might you do this week that's an act of worship? Is there a way that you can walk or run or dance or bake or paint or play an instrument or sing or put an arm around somebody 
or knock on a neighbour's door? Are there things that you can do with the whole of you that brings the whole of God to the people around you? I'm going to pray and we're going to sing as we finish our service together. But as we pray, consider about that truth, not the myth that you're unholy or unlovable, but the truth that says you are holy, your body is sacred, and you are lovable because your body is a gift from God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for our bodies. We uh, repent of our bad attitudes towards this gift that you've given to us. Father God, I pray that over the coming weeks we might learn to fall in love with our bodies. Something that feels so counterintuitive to us. That there is nothing filthy or dirty about them. That they are fearful and wonderful things. We claim those verses that tell us that you knit us together in our mother's womb. That you know every hair on our head. That ultimately, God, you fully came into the person of Christ who had a body, who did all the things that my body does, who would have loved that body. And I pray that you would help us to call what is sacred, sacred. To treat our bodies as sacred, but also to treat our bodies as a gift. Help us to know how to do that without feeling any guilt, without comparing to anybody else, but embracing who we are and being thankful. Thankful that we are human. Thankful that we have a body that you love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together as we worship.